Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Well, we've been talking about this little short passage, Isaiah 61. We established, it seems like a month ago, but you know, it was just Friday night, just two days ago, that God is sovereign. And we established that His plan is in motion. It's set. He has authority over all things. He's been from the very beginning to the very end, from when He created us out of the dust of the earth until Jesus returns, that that plan is sovereign. That plan is in motion. He is a calling on your life, that, that's a, that He knit you together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. All of your days were ordained before one of them came to be. And His sovereignty, He created you, He fashioned you, and you're here but with that, sin entered the world, and, and we discovered yesterday morning that there's a lot of sin, a lot of things that affect us, and they break our heart, and they break God's heart, and that causes mourning, and we need comfort in those times. But it's because of that mourning, because of sin, that we have this need for a Savior, that, that we inherit this sin. We were injected with this sin at birth, and there's nothing that we can do. We can't get ourselves. We can't make enough money. We can't serve enough orphanages. We can't dig enough clean water drinking wells in Nairobi, Kenya. There aren't enough good things we can do to earn right standing with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's only in His shed blood on the cross. It's only in His death that He can take our ashes and make something beautiful. It's in our brokenness that His light radiates and shines. You know, the magic of a stained glass window isn't that it's this picture and you take this clear glass and you draw on it, but it's all the eclectic pieces that together, like these mosaic tiles right here. And if you look at each individual tile, if I take this tile off right here, all of a sudden, instantly, you're, you're, it's like a jigsaw puzzle with one piece missing. All of a sudden, that thing is missing. If you are not the you that God created, all of creation is incomplete. He didn't send Jesus Christ for everyone except for this people group or everyone except this nation or everyone. He sent Jesus Christ, one blood sacrifice for all, for every single one of us. And when we don't give our ashes to him, then all of creation's incomplete. I could go start taking all these off. But the second that comes now, look what he does to complete us in the mosaic of what he's doing. He desires to reach us in his sovereignty to comfort us in our mourning, which last night means that when we have those fractured places and we don't let the sunlight, like a stained glass window, we don't let the light come in then we are in darkness. And you know the beauty in a stained glass window is when the sun outside shines through and like you see all of these eclectic things like a kaleidoscope, it's the collection of all of those colors. Just like the young lady dancing who was muddy, who had dirt and soil all over her. But when she comes back, she didn't come back white. She came back in the video that you just saw with that great spectrum of color because that great spectrum of color represents all of the spectrum of who Christ is. Some of you are great in the area of arts. Some of you are great athletically. Some of you are good thinkers. You're going to do all these incredible things and God's going to take all of his creation, which includes you, and continue now this morning to show his splendor to the whole world. 
His splendor shines through you. His glory filtered through your personality, through your gifts, so that you can go back. And this morning when we read at the end of this uh, verse, in verse 3, it says this, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. He doesn't only come into your life for you, which is one of the things, but He also comes into you to redeem you, to live through you, to show the world His splendor through you. Wow! That it's not only about your individual walk with Christ, which is amazing and incredible, but it's how your individual walk with Christ can be on display for your school to see, your soccer team to see, your band to see, your orchestra to see, your theater department to see, your neighbors to see. They, they see the splendor of the Lord that's at work because you were willing to take your ashes and let God make you something beautiful. Wow! How incredible that His desire isn't to lay dormant in you, he, he didn't die on the cross for you so that you would be hidden in a tomb somewhere. He didn't put you like, you're saved, but stay in a closet. He said, go and tell the nations, show my splendor through you. Wow. The question this morning is, are we willing? Because he is willing. Are we willing to go display the splendor of the Almighty? Are we willing to go to our friends who have ashes heaping up in their lives and say, I know the one that can take these ashes from this situation and transform them into his beauty. Wow. In Bill Hybel's book, Honest to God, he tells about a town. And it was a small town, and in the, in the center of that small town, they had a big circle. And then all the downtown area, every year when they have 4th of July celebrations and back-to-school celebrations and the fireworks and everything, everyone in the town would come to their center, and there was a gigantic, huge, 100-year-old live oak tree. And it was a fixture in the town. And when they did big events and they had picnics, they would be all under the shade of this tree. When, when there was a celebration, when they had a, a parade, the Christmas parade, and they threw candy to all the kids, everything would start and end. And this gigantic oak tree was the center of this town. And one day, a regular day, no storm, no tornado, no lightning, one morning, they came to the center of the town in this gigantic, hundred-year-old, hundred-foot-tall, giant oak tree was uprooted and laying on its side. And when they went to take the tree apart with great sadness that all of the memories, generations after generations in this town, when they went to cut the tree up and remove the tree and get it off of the street and open the town square, they discovered 
that this gigantic 100-year-old, 100-foot gigantic oak tree, a sign of strength and camaraderie and community, was actually on the inside completely eaten with disease and beetles and insects and hollow and very brittle and broken. This gigantic tree, this gigantic seemingly symbol of strength was actually completely diseased on the inside. That's the condition of many people in our world today. On the outside, they appear to have it all together. In your hallways, guys, there are people, and they have heaps. They have mountains of ashes and ashes on the inside. But God desires to make that beautiful. He could use you as his spokesperson to make that beautiful. I don't know if any of you ever seen the beautiful live oaks. Uh, I'm sorry, the beautiful redwoods that they have out in California. They have gigantic sequoias and they're about 300 foot tall. Just to give you an idea, a football field. You know, like this afternoon, there's that little game later today. All right, that football field. That's how tall... These gigantic redwoods are in California. In fact, if you go Google and do Google images when you get technology back, whatever, there's pictures like in all their state parks that at the entrance to many of the state parks, they have those gigantic oak trees. And like the, uh, the base of the tree, like the trunk, the, the trunk would be inside of these columns right here. If you took these first four columns, the fire extinguisher to that row, if you did that right there, that would be what the trunk size is. So there's a lot of the state parks there. They actually hollow out and you can drive your cars in and out into the state parks through these gigantic 300 foot tall redwoods. 300 foot tall. You know what's super interesting about these redwoods? Their root system, the tap roots. To keep all of these trees. I'm talking about a force. Not like oh there's that tree. But there are hundreds. There are thousands of trees. In these giant sequoia redwood forest. These root systems. For these trees. Are all. Less. Than one. Foot. Deep. In the soil. That doesn't make you feel very good about walking through a forest with 300 foot trees, does it? Why did I tell you that this morning? Do you know how all of those hundreds of millions of redwoods, how all of those trees survive winds and weather and storms and all that happens? It's because they have so many roots that are only one foot deep, that as they all go through the surface of the soil one foot deep, they are all 
interconnected. They are all intertwined. They all work together on the floor of the forest and create like a tight mesh woven fabric of roots. And the strength of the 300 foot tall sequoia redwood tree is 100% in its connectivity to the others around them. Your strength. Many of you have made important decisions this weekend. Praise the Lord. To Him be the glory. Some of you have identified some things that you want to change about yourself. Praise God. But your strength, your ability to to allow God to continue to turn these ashes into beauty will be in your strength and your connectivity to friends here that hold you accountable. To the adults that spent a weekend away from their family, their school, their responsibilities, this RVR staff that's here, this drama, to do this, to do the drama last night, to pray for you, to have like all that this, that they have, they have systematically and prayerfully said, How can we usher people into a meaningful encounter with the God of the universe? I promise you one thing. The people who put this on, they're not here to do camp. They're here to say the God of the universe desires to communicate. How can we be a part of what God is doing in their lives? See, this, this, and last night, that's their splendor. That's them displaying the splendor of the Lord to say, I want them to see God. And maybe you came here and like, I don't really have any. Maybe this was for you to be reminded. I know I got to visit with a few of your adults. I know for them, this has been a huge reminder of just the impact of the gospel. Sometimes as adults, we get busy. We have so many things going on in our life. We lose sometimes the compelling, overwhelming sacrifice that our Lord and Savior made. But what about you guys? What about you? Let's finish the story last night. We started this story with two people, all right? We looked last night at a guy named Legion. Remember, he was cutting himself, he was naked, he was in the tombs, and Legion was there, and God cast out the demon, all the things tormenting him, sent him to the pigs, the pigs ran down, they were drowned, the man comes back, the town goes out, and the town comes back. So let's pick it up right there with the story. Let's look now at this encounter that Jesus has when these people come back. Pick it up right here in verse 37. Then all the people of the region of Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, because they were overcome with fear, so he got into a boat. How about that? This guy is turning people's ashes into beauty. We don't want that going around out here. Let's push them out. Thank goodness that doesn't happen any today, right? That's why you can pray in your public schools. That's why we have everything. That's why you can hang the bill rights in our court system today. That's why, you, oh yeah, you can't do any of that. Oh, oh yeah, I remember. Look at this encounter though with Jesus in verse 38. Then the man to whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home from winter meltdown, beauty to ashes, 2019 on Super Bowl Sunday, and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. You can see the man. 
He's completely delivered. This is ashes to beauty of the nth degree. Like, he sees Jesus. He's with Jesus. He's like, I want to go with Jesus. I'm going to follow this Jesus there. I'm going to go with him. I want to go with him. And what does Jesus say? He says, you know what? No, you're not coming with me. I want you to go to your town. I want you to go to your school. I want you to go to your sports team. I want you to go to your friends. And I want you to show them how Jesus can turn their ashes into beauty. Go display the splendor to the brokenhearted, to the captive, to those that are bound to sin, to the lonely, to the isolated. You could meditate on these three verses, Isaiah 61, and his sovereignty, comfort to the mourn, beauty to the ashes, to display his splendor. Wow. Wow. The sovereignty of the Lord. Comfort those who mourn. Ashes into beauty to display his splendor. Wow. The sovereignty of the Lord. You get it, right? What about the woman at the well? Let's see where she picked up. Then leaving her water jar. Now let's just think about that for a minute. What's the whole purpose these ladies are going to the well for? You, like, you go to a well to what? Get water. That's what you're doing. That's your job. You do it every day. She goes there with one purpose, a physical need. I'm going to get water to go back and serve. I'm going to get water for the lifestyle. I'm going to get water to wash this. I'm going to get water so we'll have drinking water. I'm going to the well. This is what I'm doing. I encounter Jesus. Jesus infiltrates my team, my life, my family. All of a sudden, I have an encounter with Jesus. I show up here for winter meltdown. I encounter Jesus. What I came here to do was hang out with my friends, to do the zip line, to go horseback riding. And I met Jesus. I came here to just get to know people. I came here to get away from my house. I came here to see what God had for me. I came here because God called me here. I came here because of my sovereignty, because all of my days were ordained. He came here to tell me something. Maybe it was the first night. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was a small group. It might be right now. I don't know. But I know this, she went there to get water. She went there with one purpose. I'm going to get something physical. She met Jesus and she left the water. She left the water pot. The thing she came to do, she left it behind. Because she had met Jesus and it said she left her water. The woman went back to the town and said, Come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? What if it's him? Wow, I'm a Samaritan. I'm in a Samaritan village. We don't even believe in Messiah, but I think I might have met him. I don't know. You need to come check this out. Come back. She didn't go to, to seminary. She didn't go to Christian school. She didn't have five weeks of discipleship. She didn't go to precepts. She said, I might have met Jesus. I don't even know if I met Jesus. I just know somebody who knows everything about me. Someone who can take my ashes and turn them into beauty. Come check this out. Hey, come check this out. When you go back, hey, come check this out. Come to my church. Come do this. Come check out. I know you've got this problem. Let me help you. I don't know the answer. I can find the answer. I know the guy who does have the answer. His name is Jesus. Wow. Wow. I mean, really? Are we willing to display his splendor? You know, I teach evangelism at Liberty University. This is for free. I should stay on this story, and this is where I get myself in trouble. But statistically, you know what I know? That people who claim, we'll just say that, claim. People who would say, answer on a survey, that they are a Christian. That they are a believer. So that's many of you, most of you in this room, say they're a believer. 
most people, most who claim to be a believer will not share the gospel with another person. Can I just tell you, and I love you, <laughs> that's a problem. We enjoy watching others walk around in ashes, covered in their problem, not having Jesus. Jesus doesn't even make the board of where we look at of all the percentages of where people go with their problems. Comma, this is for free. I'll get back to our story with the woman at the well. Guess what else in the same study? Most believers only share the gospel either zero, zero, Sure, that's right. They share the gospel never or one time. You ready? In the three months. Nope. Oh, six months. No. Remember, share the gospel. They don't share it at all or one time. Oh, a year. It's kind of tough. You don't know. You might move. A year. Nope. You ready? In their lifetime. In their whole life. What? One time. That is not displaying the splendor of the Lord. That is not caring about people's ashes and want them to come to beauty. That's not loving our people and wanting to have a presence and a walking relationship with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right here, right now, today. Let alone spend eternity with him in heaven. Streets of gold, crystal sea. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Come and be with me. In my Father's house there are many, many rooms. I go there to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may also be. Why do we hold the answer, the keys to forgiveness and freedom and people who who are captive to sin and enslaved to sin. Why? And they're in bondage and they're lonely and they have all these things. Why do we not give them Jesus? Why? Why won't we just share the gospel with them? This girl says, dude, he told me I have five husbands. The guy I'm living with now, I'm leaving my water here. I'm leaving my life here. I'm leaving basketball practice. I'm leaving my books in my locker. I might have met Jesus. I got to go get my friends. I got to see what's going on here. And she runs. She doesn't walk. She runs to that town. And they made their way. And they came. And they're coming to see out of this one woman's testimony. You know, there was a tsunami about four years ago. And there was a tsunami. And when that tsunami hit, this was not the most recent one. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I should know the facts, but I wasn't going to tell this story this morning. I'm going to tell it right now. So she goes back convincingly, gets these people to come. When that tsunami hit, there were people vacationing everywhere up and down the beach. And, and they, they raised the flag and they sung the horn like, get off the beach. Like a horn like, get off the beach. What would we do? We hear that, you know? Like swimming, boogie boarding. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But there was a girl. You can read this in Google. Go, go. There was a girl in the village. She was a nine-year-old girl. And she was there because her mother worked in one of the resorts. So her mother was a maid there. And the little girl came to work with her mother because they didn't have childcare. So she would just hang out there all day. And she saw the ocean receding. Eight-year-old girl saw the ocean receding. And her mom said, it's a tsunami. I want you to go run as hard as you can. Run inland. Run up the street. Run opposite of the ocean I want you to run her mom stayed her mom she said I want you to go and while the girl was going she ran up and down the beach and she said 
A wave is coming. A wave is coming. All of the locals saw her, looked at the ocean and saw, and immediately they started to flee and head inland. This eight-year-old girl, go, run, go. Eight years old. The wave is coming. The wave is coming. She's running frantically. The locals are dropping, dropping their tools, dropping their water pots like this one. They leave. They take off. They're going. They're going. All the visitors, all the tourists, wonder where everybody's going. Oh, you're about to get the boogie board right of your life. You know what I'm saying? Tsunami hits. Like, I'm talking about like in less than 30 minutes. Wipes out the beach. Hundreds of people killed. Hundreds. Almost no one lost in the three block radius of that eight-year-old girl. Who frantically pleaded and begged with people. Here comes the wave. Run. Here comes the wave. Run. Here comes the wave. Run. Let me tell you something. There is a tsunami called the enemy. His home is hell. And if we don't start telling people with reckless abandon. That Jesus has come to turn their ashes into beauty. They're going to get wiped out. And they're going to get wiped out in this life, which he's already stealing. And they're going to spend eternity with him in hell. That's the reality. These people come. They come to check it out. My food says, Jesus, do the will of him who sent me to finish its work. Don't have anything. It's still four months till the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe with harvest. I skip down because... He's talking to his disciples because he's shared the gospel with this Samaritan woman. She's gone back. She's going to get her village. He's having a conversation. He's saying, look, you can't wait till the harvest is right in front of you. The harvest is right here, right now. Your high school needs Jesus. Your neighbors need Jesus. You can't wait till, well, I've got to memorize this. I have to, no, they need your testimony now. Here's your testimony. I was lost. I met Jesus. Now I'm found. I was blind. I met Jesus. Now I see. I was dead in my transgression. I met Jesus. Now I'm alive. Here's your theology. Theology 101. Life without Jesus, empty, lonely, desolate, hell. Life with Jesus, alive, vibrant, well, joyful, eternity, heaven. There's your theology. Go. Here, let's do evangelistic training. Go. There it is. There's the door. Go. Go now. Like, go. Go right here, right now. Go display his splendor. There's a whole world of ash out there. We need more beautifiers out there. We need more people who are proclaiming Jesus and healing people. There's people all around us. Come on. What are we waiting for? The harvest is ripe. He tells them that right here. Now the one who reaps and draws a wage for the harvest, the crop is eternal life. We are offering life, giving eternal life. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are what? Few. I am imploring you. I am begging you on behalf of the Lord God Almighty. Will you share the gospel with just one person? Just one. You'll be statistically significant. You will matter. If you share it with one, you will overcome most one. One. What if you get on a roll and share it with two? What if it's so much fun you share it with five? What if all of a sudden, yeah, well, I don't know, K.O. I mean, I don't really want to be known as that guy or that girl. Why? What would you rather be known as? The best person in drama? The best athlete in the school? Good. That's great. Be a lot of drama kings and queens and a lot of athletes. That burn in hell. 
because we didn't love them and share the gospel. We didn't see their ashes and say, I can help you make that beautiful. Here, I can even help you. If you don't want to learn all that, just at least invite them to church. Bring them to one of these amazing adults. They clearly care. They've given their whole weekend. They're here with you. That's unbelievable. I hope you thank your adults. I hope you don't take your adults for granted. The ones who pray for you, that prepare Sunday school lessons for you, that drive for you, that cook for you. And I don't mean just the parents in your life and the grandparents. I'm talking about the heroes of the faith that are right here right now. I thank you very much. You youth leaders are here because you're a part. You're a part of the few. The harvest is plentiful. You're here gardening and the workers are few. Go therefore and what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's time for us to go and display that splendor. So here they come. So now the Samaritans, here's the rest of the stories Paul Harvey would say. Here they come. The Samaritans in that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Hey, let's go. Let's run in there. Let's see what she said right here. Let's. He told him everything. He told me everything I ever did. This Jesus, he knows everything about me. This Jesus, he knows everything about you. This Jesus knows you're ashy and guess what? He loves you anyway. This Jesus he demonstrated his love for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. This ashy Jesus became ashes and then rose out of that tomb and was beautiful. And he takes your ashes and he will make you beautiful. Will we display his splendor? We're just going to watch people around us. We're going to watch the tsunami come in. And we're not going to run and go, give me your ashes, give me your ashes. Are we just going to watch the enemy just wreak havoc on your friends' lives? Not if you really care for them. If the Holy Spirit is alive and well with you, you are not satisfied with that happening to your friends. I'm just telling you because I love you. For many of you, I may never see you again. This isn't about the KO. This is about this right here. Do y'all remember my very first statement? Warning. Large amounts of time in this book could what? Transform your life. Transform your life. Here come these people. They told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Because she displayed the splendor. Because the interconnectivity of all of the giant redwoods started now to weave itself into a community. Now the Spirit of God is taking over a community. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because you said. We no longer believe because of just your testimony. We no longer believe because you left your water pot. We no longer believe, but we now believe why. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is what? The savior of the world. Do you get it? That when we worship. We get to meet with the savior of the world. That when you pray. You're praying to the creator of the world. That in Colossians it says. All things were created by him and for him. That, that you commune. When we worship right here in the minute, you're worshiping spirit and truth. In this, I had to skip it. But in this passage, it says true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. Wow. Wow. 
We no longer believe because that person believes. We believe because he's revealed. He took my ashes and turned into beauty. Why? Because he's sovereign. Why? Because he comforts those who mourn. Why? Because he sets the captives free. Why? Because he turns ashes into beauty. Why? So it will display his splendor into all of the world. Let's go display the splendor of the Almighty, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's go display his splendor. Let's don't sit and soak. Let's go and work. Let's don't be the holy huddle. Let's be outreach. Let's have a t-shirt that says the church has left the building. Let's be Jesus and show his splendor. Let's help everyone turn ashes into beauty. Ashes into the beauty. The same thing that he did for you. Don't let other people say, I believe because of you. Let them like this woman say, I believe because what you've done in my life. I now see it and I believe it. That tsunami's coming, but you know what? I'm going to be safe because I'm in the hands of the Almighty. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus. We confess that we do not display your splendor and we ask for forgiveness. God, we want to go back and help others turn ashes into beauty the way you've done it for us. God, I pray that when we go from this place, we would give testimony, not to River Valley Ranch, even though it's amazing, not to this incredible worship band, although they've been unanointed. But we go back because the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of the universe, the one who spoke and all was created, the one who says all things were created by him and for him, laid his life down on the cross to turn our ashes into beauty. And I pray not only that we claim that for ourselves now, but it's time to go back and display your splendor and let others know that there's a real king and he died on the cross and he's awaiting. He's either going to return on the clouds or we're going to meet him at the gates that day. But either way, we're going to display his splendor. We're going to set the captives free. We're going to mend the brokenhearted. We're going to help people who are lonely and in isolation know there's a king of kings. There's a Lord that will never leave them and never forsake them. God, may we go back forever changed. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.